0: Welcome
1: to the Splinters Podcast from the team on
0: the bench.
1: Community Radio's leading, no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host,
0: the wise man, Matt Mears. The wise man, Matt Mears. There's
2: got to be an investigation into
0: this. This has got to be, someone's got to be accountable for this. Hey, hey, it's Matt Mears, and you're listening to something? No! It has finally happened! I am the wise man, Matt Mears, and welcome to Splinter's WrestleMania edition, yes, the Lord Mayor... I know on Friday night on the bench he said that Jake Aquilina was going to be the host but he's finally relented he's seen the light, the crowd has spoken and I will be the host of this podcast and what a great podcast it is the Wrestlemania edition of Splinters, we get to cover so many great things here on the podcast here on Triple H and on Podcast.com and wherever good podcasts are found it's just finally great to see that it's happened, he was supposed to be host but he's with me now, Jake Aquilina, Jake, welcome to Splinters. I'm sorry it had to happen this way, but I'm sure you'll get a gig shortly.
2: Well, how have I been the one stitched up? To be the so-called guest with Mearsy hosting, I want to have a word with Keith because it must be something to do with the Rays having a stronghold on the Tigers or something. I don't know. You must have photos of him, Mearsy, because this is a genuine stitch-up.
0: Well, it's been it's been building. I've had to be the guest so much on this podcast, I it's just it it was bound to happen. I do feel sorry for you, mate, but at the end of the day, blame Keith.
2: Yeah, I, I will be blaming Keith. I'll be having a word to him I'll me in the office next.
0: Oh, mate, as I said, I do feel for You, you will get your chance eventually, but. As I said, we're, we're that many episodes in, and I've got the host and a 4 hours big special WrestleMania edition, so... We'll
2: get you this is, a gig. this is your baby though, Mirji. This is the one you wanted. This is a good one to kick off with, I reckon.
0: Well, it is the one I've wanted for a fair while. I, I, I was one that I did pencil in when we were first doing the uh, the the weeks on weeks of what we were going to do. So I am excited. I, it is it is a marathon to get through seven and a half hours of WrestleMania, including the pre-show. It's a big show. I don't I don't know how you got through it all. I know how I did, and I don't think I can mention it on on, <laughs> on broadcast radio, but. Uh, As I said, it was a long show, 16 matches, four on the pre-show, 12 on the main card, Jake. And uh, I tell you, as I said, there's a a lot of good wrestling in there. Some will go through in a bit more detail than others, but in the end, a a fairly decent show. (laughs) Oh look, overall was a very
2: um, light-hearted show. You know, a lot of babyface victories and a lot of keeping the crowd happy, um, which I don't mind. I'm quite a, a a babyface type guy. I like I like it when they win. I like a feel-good story, um, which is going to you know ruffle a few feathers in the in the diehards. But you know, I don't I, I enjoy that kind of. So you know, I went away. You know, and we'll talk about the ending of the main event later. I assume, but I went away pretty, overall happy with the show. So even though it's a very very long sit down.
0: Oh, it was a very long sit down indeed, but. I think that was the theme of the show. We will talk a, probably a bit more about the the, the, the main event and, and our overall thoughts on the show at the end, but going into it, you 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 probably would have looked at it and gone that, yeah, they're gonna they've been building, it's been something that they've been saying that they were gonna give what their fans wanted and I think that's what this show delivered. We'll go into the first match on the pre-show. Probably a good match, a good energy match to start off with. It was Buddy Murphy, the Cruiserweight Championship. He was defending the title against Tony Neese and the Tony Neese, he got the win, he got the big is big finishing move on Buddy Murphy, the Australian. The running niece, yeah, the running niece into the corner. Buddy Murphy, the Australian champion, he won it at Super Showdown at the MCG. I was at that event, and uh, he he got the, a tremendous reaction for for winning that. But obviously, more of a heel over in the states, and Tony Neese getting up and winning the title.
2: I thought, oh look, it was a very very um, good match. Got the crowd off to a hot start. Well, the, the guys that were there anyway at the start, with, you know, all yeah. sort of the crowd, But it's a very hot start. I feel I do feel sorry for the cruiserweight. Say so get no showing in the um, in the main card for for a lot of the pay per views. I always shoved to the pre-show, which I feel sorry about. Look, overall, very very good match. Very high intensity. Um, you know, something to get the, the crowd rolling. But I'd love to see this in the main card and maybe get five more minutes. I think.
0: Well, yeah, as I said it, it was a hot opener, and I think that's why it gets the position it does. It, it is one of those ones. I always say that the opening match needs to be. It, it used to be the curtain joker match, particularly house mm. show, sure maybe it still is. And, but on a big card like this, you need something to get the crowd lifted up. And, and some of the moves that these guys pulled off was just, it was poetry in motion and the, and the near falls and everything like that. But as I said, I think, yeah, a couple more minutes, maybe they did, they wouldn't have had to rush through as many moves so quickly. They had a, bit, a little bit more time to sell. It would have been an absolute classic. But uh, Tony Nice there, he took out the Cruiserweight Championship, the first title change of many on the card as we'll go through. Mm. Very, very shortly shortly, but the next one to come up, the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Um, coming into this match, you would have assumed Asuka, as I said, coming off that SmackDown uh, women's title loss in a bit of an upset to Charlotte to to make that winner's take-all match in the main event. You would have had her heavy favourite to come into the match, but it was Carmella who sort of made it a comeback to take out that Battle Royal.
2: Yeah, and surprising at the end, it was Sarah Logan and Asuka at the end, and I thought Sarah Logan had the win when she... Eliminated Oscar, but no, we all forgot about Carmella coming in and taking out Sarah Logan. Look, I, I get why they chose—they uh, put Carmella to go over. She's a former Women's Champion and she's had a big run, but she's sort of left a little bit in the sort of mid-card with that weird dance break that she has with Truth. You know, it, it's fun, but it's not anything where she can come out and really show a, a performance. I'd have rather seen Sarah Logan get the win. I, from what my. What I want is for these, you know, pre show battle royals to have an up and comer win it. Um, you know, I'd like I'd like to have seen Sarah Logan get up, but I can see why they put Camel and look it was fine. It was a it was one of those pre show matches where it sort of gets you warmed up for the for the main card and oh look it was fine I don't mind the result I'm you know it was nothing spectacular it was just fine
0: it was one of those ones that maybe with uh, it was an opportunity to to, to in quotation lines make one of those younger ones that had yeah. Sarah Logan got the win and then maybe with the super we'll talk about this a bit more later Is the superstar shakeup? if she got away from the riot squad yeah. you could build her into a big heel that there's Sort of lacking a little bit at the moment on the on the roster, um, mm. with a big win like that to propel her forward. But yeah, as I said, Carmella got the win. They got to they they obviously she's in their plans at the moment with Artru as the as with their seven second dance breaks. But in the end, yeah, as I said could have done something there. But in the end, it was Carmella who took out the match. Now number the pre show match number three, the Raw Tag Team Titles. This is one of the ones I was looking forward to. Your being, mate, being my mate. Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins—they do have their own wrestling figure podcast. Um, it is on my podcast rotation, more from the fact that uh, the fan of Zack Ryder that I am going all the way back to um, Z True Long and Lyle's story. His YouTube show, way way back in the day. But uh, a match here—it did get moved fairly late onto the pre-show. I was sort of disappointed, but then in the end, seeing how much time it got, particularly for a match that was only built up basically online and on social media. It got a fair amount of time. And in the end, the revival, they lost those titles to Ryder and Hawkins. Yeah, they did. And uh, look, I feel
2: sorry for the revival a little bit. Obviously, uh. great to see, see Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins come away with the win and the titles. Um, a bit weird setup, the social media setup. I don't mind it. Pre-show, there was one of those expected ones that we all thought was going to be on the pre-show. But I'm uh, happy with the amount of minutes it got. Look, Dash and, Dash and Dawson, they are, they were the number one tag team on NXT. And they've been sort of falling away in the mid-card on, on uh, the, main, the main stage of... Uh, Raw, but you look. You know what? Very happy for Ryder and Hawkins. Big hometown um, pop they got at the end. So look, happy to see it. Happy for that result. But Dash and Dawson—they—if they—if they stay much longer than the end of the, this year, I'll be—I'll uh, be
0: stoked. Well, as said, um, Ryder and Hawkins. Hawkins—he um, broke that two hundred no, and sixty-nine 200, match losing streak. Unbelievable, eh? It was—it was something. They were building up to something with those two there. So they—they um, they did. They probably could have. A little bit more on the last couple of Raws, but in the end we got that feel good moment and we've got new tag team champions on Raw. Sort of the theme of the show is this feel good moment, isn't it, Mizzy? Which is which is fine, I like to see it. Well, as I said, sometimes with WrestleMania's you can have either it's the beginning of something or it's the end. Mm. I think here it's 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 sort of we're we're transitioning into a new era, so they're giving the fans what they want on the, on the on the card here, and, and as I said, I love seeing these guys get the titles. It's just gonna be what happens next for Ryder and Hawkins? Which we'll talk about a little bit later. We'll we'll talk about the 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 uh, Rowan, uh, SmackDown wash up, and we'll, we might talk a little bit then about what may be next for them. Now, uh, pretty much in the last show match on the pre-show, the Andre the Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal. Well, the most of the build up here is around Braun Strowman and two surprising entrants in the um, Saturday Night Live weekend update hosts. Colin Jost and Michael Shea. Yes.
2: <laughs> I don't, and look, I don't mind seeing celebrities, you know, in, in quotation marks, come into this, matches like this on a pre-show. It's fine. Gets a bit of hype, gets a bit of laughter, a bit of comic relief, which I'm happy about. Um, but, you know, one of the most predictable wins, I think, on the card, Braun Strowman overcoming the, well, I say overcoming the odds, but overcoming everyone and, um, and eliminating everyone to, to win this one. Look, it was predictable. I, I like seeing the Hardy Boys get their entrance and come in the top, well, five. Under. But uh, great work from Colin and Michael to run out as soon as the the bell rang and hide under the rope uh, under the ring for the whole match. Almost, almost pull off the win, but Braun Strowman, predictably, too good, too big, and he uh, and he came away with the, the trophy. Which, look, to be honest, and, and I know I'm going to contradict myself, um, saying you know an up should win matches like this, but I, I'm fine with this. It, it it leaves him with a WrestleMania moment. It also leaves him looking strong, and he comes away with the the trophy, and he can say that he hasn't lost at Mania and blah blah blah. So I'm I'm okay with this, keeping him looking strong, which is fine because you know a year and a half. Ago, I'd have said, Oh, this is stupid. Blah blah blah. He's this is terrible, but now he's really found his his stride and he's looking really good. He's not looking as green as he was a year and a half ago, but and I'm happy with this, uh, this booking.
0: Well, what did you think about the, the comedy elements here with, um, with uh, Colin Joseph bringing out his therapist? And it wasn't Dr. Shelby. I was a bit disappointed in that. It would have been better if it was Dr. Shelby. But bringing him out when it was the final three, attempting to talk down the big man, but uh, in the end, they've all, they all just got what was coming to them.
2: Oh, look, I'm happy with a bit of comic relief. As I said, um, yeah, the celebrities coming into matches like this. We've seen Shaquille O'Neal and the big show going at it a couple of years ago in, um, in this battle Royal. So look, I'm fine with it. It was a little bit of relief, a little bit of a almost a, almost a palate cleanser before going into the main card. And yeah, look, I know I know some traditionalists will be sort of a bit upset that they get a little bit of too much sort of credit towards the end. But look, I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. It was it was it was. Almost funny if you say "settle east."
0: <laughs> Almost, I think is Almost. a good word there. Mm. But um, but yeah, that does bring us to the main card. And uh, before our first match, the goddess, the host of WrestleMania, Alexa Bliss, kicks off the show, bringing out Hulk Hogan for a big WrestleMania moment.
2: Yeah, and a huge pop for um, for big Hulk Hogan. It was good to see he did his classic. Came out, said all his catchphrases, uh, and it was fine. I look, like it was a it was a really hot start. Really good to have someone return show away, get a big pop, get the crowd moving, which is really good to see he can come back after, you know, what is, uh, to say at least a bit of turmoil between um, Vince and and, uh, Hulk Hogan.
0: Well, I think there's a lot of people that have a bit of uh, turmoil with Hulk Hogan at the moment, but as they say, time heals all wounds in the wrestling business. It does. But this leads on to the first match, and before this happens, we see Paul Heyman come out in the middle of the pose off with Alexa Bliss and Hulk Hogan. Watching Paul Heyman walk out to the ring to real American was some was a bit surreal, wasn't it?
2: It was weird. I I, I liked it, but it was it was I wasn't not I wasn't expecting it and and that's exactly what I want to see at the side of a side of a big show like this.
0: Well, as I said, we it does lead to our first match. Paul Heyman comes out. He declared that if Brock Lesnar was not gonna fight in the main event, as we know, the, the winner takes all triple threat for the two women's titles was going to be the main event that if they weren't going to wrestle first then then Brock Lesnar would be wrestling first and that's what we got we got Brock Lesnar the universal champion taking on Seth Rollins for that universal title and what a way to start off the show a oh,
2: huge start and obviously unexpected and 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 I really enjoyed the unexpected start to this He came me out Paul Heyman and said right well I and I also wanted to, I liked a little dig at um, WWE there saying you know if he's not he's uh, he's going to go somewhere where he's uh, ultimately respected and I feel love when a, they do that. Very yeah. good little dig from Paul Heyman, which I appreciated. So, um, look at and and great great heel work again from Paul Heyman. He's one of the best on the stick, and he he can come out and he can get a boo from anyone. So, uh, which is perfect. Great great for Brock Lesnar and great for WWE. So that was a fiery start, and then tell you what what a roller coaster this match was. And before it even started, it got going. Well,
0: it did. Lesnar came out of the ring, unusual for him, and just laid it to to Rollins before the, even the ring bell and. Um, um, the, re- the bell rang to start the match. Um I said, he they they played the underdog card for Rollins. Well, he took that couple of minute beating. When he finally did make it into the ring, he was sort of, he was down on one leg. He was, he was looking beat up with a fresh Lesnar facing him. But then once that bell rang, something did uh, click. Uh, Lesnar did give a couple of German suplexes, but uh, when he went up for the M5, Rollins counted, shoved him into the referee, hit that big low blow like we saw on, um, Roar and, and all three, raw. yeah, on the go home roar and uh, three curve stomps. And uh, Sorry, no, we it's had it's a new days. Days.
2: Can't Can't call it a curve stomp anymore, it's just the stomp. I think you'll find. Oh, I'm sure can't
0: it is, it, It's can't... a curve stomp. It's yeah, a yeah, curve stomp.
2: Come on, I, I agree. I'm with you, mate. But I, I it's uh, officially it's called the stomp this day. it's a bit like the AA, which we'll go into a little bit later. But um, <laughs> yes, obviously the ref bump changed the game, and then obviously a little bit of a uh, little bit of slot of heel work with the little low blow from Rollins, but finally that he's a little bit of a tweener we've seen him both play the, the babyface and the heel role which i'm fine with very good stuff and then very very feel good he got the the babyface win. he got the pop he got everything he deserve and look to be fair brock lesnar he can go away he can go away for a very very long time i've never been a fan of brock lesnar even when he was against john cena i've never been a fan of him coming in and out holding the title for as long as he did when really he only comes, he only turns up when he gets $3 million plus and rocks up for 15 minutes, destroys someone's and go home, which I, I don't like it, but you know, you know, Roland's perfect, good booking, good match, really like it, it was really quick, which I'm fine with Um, it got a lot of, it got a hot start outside the ring and then a really short sort of official match, you know, in quotations official match from when the bell rang to from, from, from bell to bell, so which I'm fine with very, very good start and um, it's surprising but very,
0: very good. Well, I think, yeah, I think everybody sort of had the feeling that Rollins was going to win this match but I said an interesting way to start it'll be interesting to see where Brock Lesnar will go next I uh, said I think that ultimate comment will where we will see him pop up next but uh, sure some he's, of
2: the, I, I thought he already got a fight booked I'm pretty sure
0: uh, there is talk that he'll have a fight in August but with some of these Saudi Arabia shows up and the big money they offer for those yeah maybe we'll see him one more time before then you'll never know but Seth Rollins will have a will have a world title on raw every week now So it'll be interesting to see where they move with him um, in the coming weeks. Match number two, a grudge match here, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And said, they they started the build of this one up probably after the Royal Rumble. Both guys sort of not in the world title picture, but both former world champions. And as I said, it was one for the ages, a a dream match um, of sorts with the different backgrounds of the guys, the AJ Styles, the indie guy, randy orton growing up in the wwe
2: yeah it was good it was that perfect little uh baby face first heel um again uh sort of yeah a grudge match it's sort of a dream match between these two and look randy obviously he does a great heel work with the poke in the eye and things like that so uh but obviously if ever a good match randy orton going for that super rko but missing out and the phenomenal forearm does it for aj styles he was, the, he was the right choice to win and um yeah look it, it was a good match i was you know, I wasn't overly invested in it. It was one of those ones where uh, it's a singles match just to sort of yeah, end a grudge, but look, it was very, very good and very entertaining, but yeah, it was one of those ones perfect as a sort of a palate cleanser after such a big start.
0: I think that was probably, yeah, yeah, yeah you're you starting off the crowd hot, it's that sort of match where you want something to continue the momentum, but it's not like you're going from that big universal title match into another big, stipula, big stipulation match. It's just something that's there, yeah. something that needed a place in the card. But it is something that maybe if you go back and watch it by itself, it'll be a really good match. And it was a good match, but just in the pacing of the show, particularly with what's still to come, probably one of those sleeper matches where you will go, well, it was there. But I think it was probably one of those ones that it'll be better in by itself if you just go back and watch it. Like in a couple of months, if you want to watch a a decent match, if you've got the time.
2: it, was, it got a little bit slow, and it, what didn't help was the crowd weren't overly invested, especially because half the crowd couldn't see because of the lights first to the sun, and there was all that blow up from the crowd. But yeah, it, it, it was fine. It was one of those ones, as you say, a, a, a sort of a sleeping match where you can go and watch it in a couple months time and look, if you want to watch a good technical good te- technical match.
0: Well, next up, we've got the SmackDown Tag Team title match. The Usos coming in as the champions. They retain their titles against the teams of Alistair Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura, and The Bar. Probably a, a bit of a, you would have thought that maybe the tag titles would have changed here, but uh, in the end, the Usos retain, and well, it's really just, it was a match that was there. I, again, it wasn't anything super special.
2: No, it wasn't. And look, I always got a positive outlook on things like, on, on big shows like this, and I'm fine with this result. Um, You know, having watched it, I thought, look, if, it, if I was gonna, if I wanted anyone to win, it was gonna be the Usos. They're a very good heel team. They, they really care about having the strap on, on them at, at, at all times, so it's very good to see someone who's trying to make the tag titles um, relevant again, especially when you got two shows, two tag titles. It worked when they had it worked in that sort of early 06 era. Then they struggled a bit when they only had one set of tag titles. I like the two set of tag titles. I like the users having it. They care about it. You know, looking at the teams, obviously, Alistair Black and Ricochet coming up from NXT. They obviously they've only been in there sort of, you know, relatively recently. Shisuke Nakamura and um, Rusev aren't really a big team in the bar. They've won it a couple of times and they're sort of not really sure what they're going. They're sort of there to be there as well. They're sort of, they've just been stuck a little bit after losing um, their title run and they're, they're not sure what they've been. They were on both shows on the fallout, um, which we'll go into a little bit later. They're on both shows. They're not really sure where they're going to be. So I think the right choice was made here. I like the heel work from the Usos, but again, yeah, like you said, it was it was there, um, it happened and we can move on from it.
0: Well, said just one interesting tidbit with uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet they had a match for all three tag belts in one week they on the Raw the Go Home Raw on the Monday they fought for the Raw tag team titles on the Friday night at NXT TakeOver they fought for the NXT titles and then on the Sunday they wrestled for the Smackdown tag team titles Oh for three. Oh, 3 yeah oh for 3 though but it is just showing that they said they, they are there and I think they'll feature in weeks to come after the Superstar Shakeup, and they actually get assigned a brand next Next up, match number four, Falls Count Anywhere, The Miz versus Shane McMahon, and this was one that was really built up. Probably, they, they started the storyline at the beginning of the year with um, The Miz, um, he was really picketing for Shane McMahon to become his tag team partner, the best team in the world. They win the tag titles together, they only hold them for a month before they lose them, and then... The, probably the unthinkable to the WWE universe with Shane McMahon turning heel on The Miz and uh, and and attacking The Miz's father as well, and then we get this match in something that was probably one of the more standout matches of the show through through some of the big uh, spots that they had. Oh,
2: absolutely, um, and it was one of the most unlikely babyface turns for The Miz. He's been a heel for ten years. He's been one of the best heels. One you can't you can't help but boo, but really also enjoy. So it was really almost surreal to see him in that babyface role and. She- Shane McMahon in that heel roll. But I really, really enjoyed this one. This was full of great spots, full of big uh, moments in the match. And obviously, um, right at the end, Shane with some great heel work and then the, the skull-crushing finale on the uh, on the camera scaffolding there and then the big superplex off the top. And then Shane getting the pin while well, falling on top of the Miz almost and getting the pin there, which which for mine, again, I, I would have liked to have seen the Miz come away with that big feel-good win. But a, a nice heel win thrown in there after a couple of babyface wins uh, and as a, a lucky win almost. For Shane, uh, you know, falling on top of the Miz like he did. So, look, I'm happy with this result. This is a very, very exciting match. It was very well played out. A lot of story development. Um, obviously, Shane and his and um, the Miz's dad were in there <sighs> in the squared circle a little bit, which I thought was excellent. Before the Miz came in and stopped it, um, this was the right length and I think the right result. To I don't think this is where the storyline stops for mine. I think this is one that will continue um, until the Miz gets his big win. But I think um, look very, very good. I really, really enjoyed it, and it was um, I think it was a really, really Good match, um, you know, to have after those ones They're a little bit quiet and then really build into this force can anywhere And they and the great use of the arena and great use of the weapons and it was very very good. I thought Mizzy.
0: Oh, same here. I said you, you, you do need in the, in these long cards maybe a bit of a gaga match. You, you mm. get out of the ring, you can use some of those elements around it. And I said you don't normally see them is in this sort of form. I said they are trying to build him to be the big baby face. They want him to be the good guy. You normally see him running away from these type of situations. Situations to to see him get out there, use the arena, take the the suplex off the uh, off the camera platform there. As I said, Chain did get the lucky win. They they left the Miz strong, but as as you said, Jake, I think there's going to be more coming from this feud. And as I said, if they're going to deliver like that again, then I'm well and truly waiting for that one.
2: Oh, absolutely! This is a very very good storyline, very good feud. No, I I I almost hope it keeps going because this is this is really good storytelling from both from both uh, players. I think.
0: I I have to agree with you there next off we've got the women's tag team titles you've got the Boston Hug Connection of Bailey and Sasha Banks coming in as champions they're taking on Nia Jackson Tamina the returning Beth Phoenix and Natalia and the new champions the Iconics in Bailey and Peyton Royce what a surprise here the Aussie duo taking out the tag titles uh, yes
2: and, and it was a huge surprise i thought uh, all money was going to be on the uh, was going to be on Bailey and Sasha to retain um i, I not Think obviously returning best Phoenix and Natalia, they were just there to be there. And um, Nia Jackson Tamina, they're still struggling a little bit on the mid to low at the lower mid card. There, they've sort of been thrust in again. Look, um, these multi women. Uh, matches I, I'm not a huge fan of, if I'm going to be honest. Um, obviously, there was some great work and a good win from the heel iconics kind of Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, um, uh, Aussie girls getting the win. They deserve it. They are probably one of the best, uh, female characters, I think, in, um, in WWE at the moment. I'm really enjoying what they're doing, but, uh, look, it, I think for my Nia Jackson, Tamina were there to be there, and Beth Phoenix was also there to sort of get the crowd popping, out, another big return because we didn't see that many returns this year. We were seen in previous years. We've had three or four returns, uh, but obviously only the only the two sort of performing, I guess, returns if you don't exclude the Hall of Fame, um, the Hall of Fame sort of moments they have in there. But I thought if it was just going to be the Boston hug versus the uh, the Iconics, and I would be, I would be absolutely fine with that. A, a sort of t- one team versus one team tag. Team match, which I'm fine with, but look, Iconics—they deserved it; they got it, and I was very,
0: very pleased. Well, I think they do this just to try and get as many people on the card as they can. But yeah. the finish I thought was interesting on this one. As I said, Beth Phoenix got her finishing move—the Glam Slam—on Bailey. But it was the Iconics being opportunistic with um, with Billy Cage tagged Beth Phoenix during the move, making her the legal component in the match. She threw her, threw Beth Phoenix out on the out on the ring and and covered Bailey for the pinfalls. So as I said a bit of a sneaky heel move there, really um, playing up to the fact that they're the bad guys in this match.
2: Mm, a really good character work from the Iconics. It was a perfect way to keep their character, but also keep um, everyone else looking strong. Bailey eating the pinfall—probably not the right move. That um, they look struggling a little bit. Um, you know, we've had there's had been issues in the past where people think Bailey's been looking really weak, eating a lot of pinfalls. But look, it was a, I think um, a very good finish, a very good heel finish for the Iconics, and they. Have, one of the, as I say, one of the best characters uh, being played at the moment, so I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, we just have to leave it there for a quick moment. It's been going fast, but we're halfway through here on Triple H on 100.1 FM and on our podcast.com and every other podcast that we're on. As I said, Jake, we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly with the WWE title and uh, the rest of the card, including the Elias um, concert and the women's big winner-take-all t- um, tag match, so make sure so you keep listening, we'll be back right after this.
1: It's time to hit the ice You're All About Caring Sydney Bears are back for the 2019 Australian Ice Hockey League season with all the speed hits and goals that ice hockey is famous for. Buy a season ticket package to ensure you're not left out in the cold as your Bears rip and tear with the aim of going one better on last year to claim the 2019 Goodall Cup. Log on to bearsden.com.au for all your season ticket and merchandise options and for the latest Bears news and updates, tune in to The Bench every Friday from 6pm. Sydney Bears, hear us roar. Sponsors of Triple H. <laughs>
0: Welcome back here to Splinters. Whether you're on Triple H one hundred point one FM or on any of our various podcast sites, I am the wise man, Matt Mears. I'm here with Jake Aquilina. We are going through WrestleMania. Yes, it was the big WWE event from last week, but the show uh, of shows. It is the show of shows, but uh, we're getting a little in our in a. bit late, but better late than never.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. So you can never stop talking about the uh, the to do of them all,
0: eh? No, and as I said, it was a spectacular card. If you've just joined us, we're about halfway through covering. We'll also go into the uh, Raw and SmackDown afterwards. Maybe there's a little bit of a bonus content there, because there's just so much to talk about. And with saying that, we better keep going, because we're only up to match six of the main card. It's Daniel Bryan defending his WWE championship against Kofi Kingston in probably one of the 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 quickest twelve year rise uh, or eleven year rises that you've ever seen, Jake. Oh yeah,
2: Cody King said he was sort of a mid card. He was never really thrown into that world title sort of looking until really Elimination Chamber. Really is when he sort of came into his own as a singles performer. He was always good, you know, around that mid card. He's had an IC title run. He had a, a United States Championship run. He's had obviously a lot of tag title runs with the New Day, and when they and the the rise he's coming from that sort of mid card through the New Day, and then shot. Stranger to the title picture, at Elimination Chamber, and I and I remember watching Elimination Chamber, and you know, one one more was eliminated, Hardy was eliminated, Orton was eliminated, and then he came down to Brian and and Kofi Kingston. I just, I thought he was going to do it, the near falls, the cells, the crowd was into it, and I I thought I thought Gigi's going to do it here, but he didn't do it there. He did it here at WrestleMania on the grandest stage of them all. In um, again, the, just the feel good win for Kofi Kingston. He you know he deserved it. He, he's had 11 years in the company, and he's got his first world title run. And look. I don't know for how long. I think it's. I think he deserves a quite a lot. You know, at least a couple of months. A few, def, a few defenses on some big pay per views. Um, I think he will lose it back to Daniel Bryan um, at some point. But look, he absolutely thoroughly deserves it. He's been there long enough. He deserves it. I don't want him to see. I don't want them to break up the New Day just yet. I think they're doing some really really good things, and the tag team scene does need the New Day. But we'll see the the the, uh, the superstar shakeup coming up. He might get thrust away from the New Day and have a singles run somewhere in the world title picture, which I wouldn't be too upset about, but as I've said, you know, I'm pretty happy with where the new day are right now. And the, the tag team title, the tag team scene does need them, but obviously, beautiful feel-good win, the way he won it, the way um, the way they celebrated after the match, you could see he was just pure emotion, his family coming into the, the ring. It was very, very good to see, I thought.
0: Well, he got the opportunity at Elimination Chamber. He wrestled for an hour on the SmackDown leading up to it, being a, a last-minute replacement for the injured Mustafa Ali, and yes, I think that's where, really, that he got that that's where it built from and then he, he he said he took he wrestled that gauntlet match for an hour well they built him as the
2: underdog didn't they they had the gauntlet match and obviously all those things that Vince McMahon came back and returned to claim as the underdog which is which is fine I'm happy to see
0: well I agree and as I said he, he really he really they played it up well and then then they returned to that gauntlet match type setup to to earn this title opportunity at Wrestlemania and then they said Vince at the last minute it's screwing him out of those out of the the singles Opportunity, but then Big E and Xavier Woods, having to, they did the job for him in the tag team, in the tag team realm. So it was, it was nice that they played up that, that camaraderie between the New Day and that Big E and Xavier were such a big part in getting him that title shot with their gauntlet win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'd like to see that they played up that, yeah, that camaraderie, as you said, because the New Day, they are, the, they are probably the best sort of tag team with the best, um, best chemistry. I think at the moment, uh they, definitely deserve to be in that title picture for the tag titles because the the tag team scene needs them, as I said. But yeah, obviously, huge from, from Big Ian e Woods to do the same uh, thing that Kofi almost did when he, when he uh, in that Gauntlet match. So look, yeah, obviously, very, very big feel good moment, huge baby face win. Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan, I really enjoy the way the new Daniel Bryan uh, runs himself out there with obviously got the, the the all natural, the all organic title and the way he plays up to the crowd. And there's obviously the yes movement when he was a big face and now he's a big heel. I really like that. But Kofi coming over with the win was absolutely the right choice and very, very good to see.
0: I think, I think that was the right choice for the, the card that they were building here, but Daniel Bryan's new character, the new Daniel Bryan, the heel turn, the eco-friendly title, and everything, we haven't seen the last of that. He, he is at the top of the card. They need some of these heels because, as I said, there's not really a lot of heels out there at the moment, true heels, that are getting heat with the crowd. So, I, said, I think you'll see Daniel Bryan at the top of the card, whether he has the championship or not, for a long time to come. We'll move mm. along next to the United States Championship, Samoa Joe defending against Rey Mysterio, and wow, this was a quick one, a decisive victory for Samoa Joe. Yeah, it
2: was. And and look, I don't mind seeing matches in Mania like this. You kind of need it. Not every Mania match needs to go for 15 minutes, but it made Joe look really strong, you know, choking out someone in the coqueta clutch like Rey Mysterio, a legend like Rey Mysterio. Obviously, he deserves a lot more, Rey, but I don't think we've seen the last of him just yet. Retaining the title in what? What was it? It felt like 35 seconds, but. It
0: was about a minute, yeah. It wasn't very long at all. No, and look,
2: which, you know, I'm optimistic and things like that looks Joe, makes Joe look really strong but someone like Ray deserves probably a few more minutes than that but look I don't mind um, not every match going for 15 minutes but yes uh,
0: nothing much to say more about that I reckon well as I said it was, it was it made Joe look strong and I think we'll see a lot more from Samoa Joe coming in the coming weeks with this superstar shake up Ray Mysterio he's been around long enough that loss won't hurt him at all no I
2: agree absolutely and uh, Joe keeping the title around his waist uh, it's good for him doesn't get lost too much in the scrabble a little bit
0: yeah I think there's a big feud coming for him very shortly. Um, next up, our next match, the returning Roman Reigns, his big to, his big comeback from Leukemia, taking on Drew McIntyre, someone that, the company as well. I think there's a, they see a lot in both of these guys, but in such a big card. They do get lost a lot in the shuffle here, but uh, after a match that Drew McIntyre dominates, we get the Roman Reigns win.
2: Yeah, it looked fine. Um, obviously, coming back from Leukemia, you've got to give him the win to get the crowd back. Um, well, I say back on his side, like they've been there all the time. But um, you know, he's, he's such—he's a really big divider. isn't he, Roman Reigns, you either love him or you absolutely hate him. Um, look, I've always been a fan of Roman. I think he works really, really hard, and he—he's um, a really good worker. He obviously—I think this loss won't hurt Drew that much. He's—he's he's got that big build, and you know, Vince McMahon—he always likes big men like Drew McIntyre. I think um, coming from that NXT run, coming back to the company, and that NXT run, and coming back now into the main—the main stage. Look, it's fine. It won't hurt him. He's got it. Back he's got to find a big feud somewhere, Drew, because I don't want him, like you said, getting lost in the shuffle and being thrown in, you know, into a tag scene or something like that. He needs to get a big mid-card title run, and then he needs to get pushed into the um, into the world title scene, probably in the next, probably around SummerSlam time, I reckon, for him, is where he's going to um, really come into his own, but Roman Reigns, you know, he's the main stage, he's the uh, the face of the company, he's someone who could be tossed right into the main, uh, into the sort of world title stage, uh, coming back from his injury, you know, he was, from his leukemia battle, sorry, he was the, you know, Universal the Universal Championship. Before, obviously, he had to go away and, and face his battle. And look, I think he'll get pushed back in there, which I'm fine with. I like seeing Ro, uh, Reigns and Rollins. That's always a very, very good, um, very, very good feud. Uh, I know it's going to be very well respected because those two are good friends. And look, I'm happy to see it. I'm looking forward to where this goes off. But really, it was a, it was a match to sort of sort of calm everyone down, and they all knew the result was going to be a Roman Reigns win before we got into um, what's coming up
0: next. Well, as said, I think I think you're right there. It's how they come out of WrestleMania, and you know, with Drew being that that typical Vince guy, the big guy, they're going to both be booked strong um, in the lead up to SummerSlam and over the the US summer months Um, so as I said I think we'll be seeing them featured both heavily and both strongly um, in the near future but next up it's not an actual match it's the Elias Wrestlemania concert as I said there was some build up to this with his uh, vignettes throughout Raw um, throughout New York City and then the vignettes at the start it was
2: that weird sort of it was one Elias and there was two Elias and there was three Elias it was now
0: it, was, it wasn't Elias' fun, but it was something different there, showing his multi this As I said, he couldn't get yeah. a band of his own, so he made his own one up of uh, and, the three Eliases.
2: And he gets he gets the crowd going too. They he gets plenty of uh, plenty of heat, plenty of booze, and then obviously as we as all the WWE crowds, they love a they love a catchphrase, and that walk with Elias um, is really catching on. And I'm I'm fine with what he's doing um, at the moment. I don't want him um, getting pushed too far down the main car, but what he's doing now is fine and it's enjoyable.
0: Well, it's what it is, it's 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 a break almost. It's mm. everybody loves wrestling. We love matches, but it is the soap opera. We, we like seeing some of these other other gimmicks, other uh, other things breaking up all the matches. And as he's building his own little niche. He is his own unique character. I said he, he was fairly over there. He, he was getting some good reactions, but they mm. didn't turn him heel at the start of the year. I said, rightly or wrongly, I don't know, because I said he can still get the heat. He can still get those boos from the crowd. With what he's saying, but as you said, he's walk with Elias chance. Everybody he, still comes up with him as well.
2: He gets he gets those catchphrases over. He's good at, it, and the crowd are good at getting catchphrases like that over. We saw it with Chris Jericho uh, before he left for um, before he left for Japan and etc. So you know, with that it and the lists and things like that, even though he was the heel character, so if they do love a catchphrase and that's really it, really gets over. But yeah, the heat's coming from the crowd, which gets plenty of booze, which is good to see for someone who could be a true heel.
0: Well, as said, he. he in the build-up, he was saying that no one was going to interrupt his concert, but you knew someone was going to uh, interrupt his concert. There was probably a short list of who would be interrupting The Undertaker, maybe another returning legend. John Cena, in his current form, would probably be on that short list, but we didn't get the regular hustle loyalty, you can't see me, John Cena. We got the Doctor of Thugonomics and Boyd didn't the crowd love to see him.
2: Huge pop the when that uh, worked life comes on oh. uh, the huge pop from the crowd it was absolutely unexpected when I saw that little Babe Ruth vignette at the start I was a bit intrigued who's going to come out who's going to come out and then when I heard that drop I thought you're kidding they've up they've they've done it they've finally done it they're turning him they're turning him heel I'm sure they're going to do it And he came out and you know what John's saying he can say whatever he wants and the crowd get behind him or they boom and he always gets a reaction which is what you want you know then he dropped the little oh, am I going to turn there's my heel turn I'm coming here and he started he started dissing out um, Elias, which was great. He got a little bit, he got a little bit past that PG, got a little bit TV fourteen, and he he uh, he, he told Elias he was going to give him the FU, not the AA, which was I thought was excellent. Um, great work, great heel work from John Cena. So if they do turn him heel after this, more than happy. We've been calling it for it for years, for years we've been calling a John Cena heel turn. And is it finally going to come? I'm not sure, but if it does, I'll be very very excited.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with John Cena now. Obviously, in the big time, well not big time, but he's in some Hollywood movies and uh, mm. we don't see him as much as we'd like to but as I said you get that throwback that one off and uh, even those sort of the older fans that are the, 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 the Cena sucks part of the let's go Cena Cena sucks chants yeah. even they like seeing the Doctor of Thuganomics as I said I'm a bit over John Cena in his current form but having grown up watching the Doctor of Thuganomics I was really really excited to see him come out it was a good break throughout all the matches that were going on and it was just it, it is one of those WrestleMania moments that that you want to see them give you, isn't it?
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely, and the, you know, and it's it's really cool to see. I, 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 admittedly, I didn't see that much of the Doctor of Thugonomics. I was right at the start when he was having his big world title run, and he was again, you know those feud with Edge and Angle and all those. When he was when he was hustle loyalty and respect, and I I've got a lot of uh, a lot of time for John Cena and that gimmick, but the coming back with the, this gimmick of the, the Thugonomics gimmick is just oh, it was really really good to see. And I it changed. It, look, it was something unexpected, and that's what I like to see in a big show like this.
0: Well. I think that's what it is with it with the internet and everything like that these days it is hard to give the crowd something they're not going to expect and they really delivered here mm. we'll move along to the next match match number nine on the on the main show card no holds barred triple H and Batista it's an interesting build up on this one as I said Batista coming back at Ric Flair's 70th birthday party in a, in somewhat of a heel turn for himself mm. uh, dragging out Ric Flair from the party room and uh, calling out triple H we've got a build up from both of them there, and as I said, with we sort of Batista's schedule, we didn't get to see them a lot on both shows, but uh, they, they started out fiery here with um, with um, Triple H trying to pull he ended up pulling out Batista's nose ring with pliers, <laughs> um, and, and they just they sort of went on from there, didn't they?
2: Oh, this match screams 2008, doesn't it? Batista Triple H at WrestleMania, Ric Flair thrown in there no holds barred the sledgehammer came out the pliers came out all these the chain was there, all these rogue um weapons being used by Triple H and Batista and it was look oh, it was it had nostalgia written all over I think um for mine probably went on a little too long these guys they're a little bit older and they was a bit low to, in the middle there but obviously um part of me wanted Batista to win I think um I, I'm a huge Triple H fan mostly because of DX and obviously with the DX return for the uh, Hall of Fame and that, all that nostalgia there if Shawn Michael's on the mic um Doing the commentary was probably a bit lackluster. He didn't really give much. You know, he's obviously he's he's got a lot of knowledge, but he didn't really give that much on the mic. Unfortunately, because I was really excited when I saw he was going to be sitting down on the on the behind the table, but look probably been a little bit too long, but yeah, uh, I think Triple H coming over the win it does smell a bit like he's he's twisted a few arms in the backstage, but look, fine. Um, I'm glad to see Triple H keep going a little bit longer. Um, I think his, uh, his retirement will become quite soon, and obviously Batista is a part-timer now. Obviously, he's got galaxies to guard and and, and, <laughs> and game and things like that, so uh, look, I thought Triple H getting the win was fine. It was fine. It probably went a bit too long, but I'm very happy to see a bit of nostalgia thrown into this mania. Well,
0: there's certainly a lot to talk about in this match for well, Batista he did come out after this match and said he has retired so mm. that's probably why you see Triple H getting the win there it is sort of the, the wrestling etiquette that if you're going out you go out looking at the looking at the lights on your back so he yeah. sort of did the wrestling thing there I, I'll go back to, to you mentioned Shawn Michaels on, on commentary they did have quite a few guest commentators throughout the time probably because it went so long and they're trying to give the, the normal commentators a break mm. I, I didn't think he added so much he was sort of expecting expecting him to get involved at some point and he didn't. Mm. That was other than the odd glare from Batista at him, so it, it did feel like a bit of a waste but we did get Ric Flair coming out at the end, getting the sledgehammer for Triple H and uh, helping him secure the victory as a bit of a payback for what we saw Batista do at his 70th birthday.
2: Yeah, and it was good to see Ric come back, you know, the big woo. Um, we've seen a lot of wooing with Charlotte, but it's good to see the original woo come back for a little little stint to help his mate get over on, um, on Batista.
0: It's certainly um, Guys, we'll move along <laughs> keep going here on trucking. keep on trucking truckin'. Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin in Kurt Angle's retirement match and Baron Corbin getting the win over Kurt Angle in a, a match that a lot of a lot of fans were not even wanting to happen they wanted to see Kurt Angle maybe face a John Cena or a, or a Undertaker there was an even talk that John Cena they do an Angle and John Cena replace Baron Corbin but in the end Baron was out there and he gets the win yeah and
2: as you said uh, Batista and now obviously Kurt Angle going out on their back, which I'm fine with. It's that that wrestling etiquette going out in your back and then getting a pinfall in your last match, which I'm fine with. Baron Corbin, oh, just don't like, don't like him. And he got he got very little reaction. There was no booze. There was a lot of disappointment in the crowd. He didn't get any sort of reaction when he came out. It was just it was disappointing. The crowd they wanted something big and they just I and mean, when no one delivered and and Kurt Angle did the right thing by going out on his back, but uh, Baron Corbin, I just don't know. They're really really trying to push him with that sort of that corporate Baron Corbin and this gimmick is just not working and I just don't think Baron Corbin was the right choice he did a lot of good heel work he played that little you can't see me in front of Angle when he was in the corner and um, then obviously uh, beat him with the end of days and then Angle gave it that short speech of Theo oh, please he tell me uh, you know you suck again and so I can hear it for one last time but yeah look I mean it was a bit, um, it was a bit disappointing really well,
0: it's, yeah but you, if you ta- if you take the the emotion out of it the, the uh, yeah it's Kurt Angle end of his 20 year career. He's had so many great opponents and you'd want to see him take on one of them again. Storyline wise, this was the only real storyline that was going on here. You go back to the when Kurt Angle was GM and you had uh, Baron Corbin as um, Stephanie Sheriff or mm. whatever the hell she appointed him to be and they and they had that rivalry. So storyline wise, it made sense. But I think sometimes and in this case, WWE, they they, they can go the storyline right. Out. And uh, they've tried to keep the fans happy and and give them what they want here, but you'd probably think maybe this is probably the one or two times on this card that they didn't.
2: Yeah, it was a rare one on this, especially on this card that they got it. I say they got it wrong. I I, I think they got it wrong in my opinion. But um, but yeah, storyline wise, I can I can see why they went for it. But you know, we got we got Triple H and Batista for Batista's final match. You know, so yeah. Look, it was, it was we were, I, I if I got something big and I'd got Baron Corbin. And and I know Kurt can't take that many bumps and he can't go for that long, but if I got something that said, oh, okay, I could see why they went for that. But I just, I, for mine, I don't think that we got it.
0: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Baron Corbin now. He's obviously one of Vince's favorites, uh, one of Vince's guys, so it'll be interesting to see what they build up to him with next, perhaps mm. maybe something with the Superstar Shake-Up. We'll move along to match number 11 for the Intercontinental title, Bobby Lashley the championship with his little lackey Leo Rush taking on the return. Burning demon in Finn Balor. We haven't seen the Demon come out for a little while, but in the end, the Demon got the job done, and he and Finn Balor took home the Intercontinental title.
2: Yeah, look, it was the right call. It was a good match. I thought it was a very good palate cleanser going from the disappointment that was Kurt Angle and the big match with Triple H and Batista, and then going into what will be the, the biggest match in the show, the uh, main event. So I liked it. It was good. It was a right time length. I thought Bobby Lashley played a very good part, but obviously the Demon too good, picking it up with the coup de grace um and he's got the, the IC title, which I'm happy with. And I like I like the way that WWE using the Demon only rarely, and Finn keeps being Finn for you know for 90% of the time, which I think is very, very good. They booked the demon well, they booked him strong. Um, you know, obviously we didn't get the full demon entrance experience because it's such a long ramp going from <laughs> the main stage at WrestleMania through to the ring. So but look, I was very happy with the way it went. Uh Blashley looked really good, but he still looks really strong. And uh and Finn Balor, again winning very feel good. Very to get the babyface win fine I um, I'd like I see where they go with Finn Balor after the super, Superstar Shake Up they might they might swap the titles around and have one on one on each show so between sorry, between the United States and the IC title on um, one on each show which I'm fine with it'd be very good to see where Finn Balor goes with this and who he takes on in his next big feud
0: well I, you did bring up a point there about how they use Finn Balor they use, they use the demon very rarely when do you think that would be the next perfect time to bring out the demon would it be a SummerSlam would it only be a WrestleMania thing? I said, in, in NXT, it was basically every takeover he would wrestle as the Demon. So that was four to five times a year. Would you like mm. to see it that much? Or would you rather it maybe just the one or two big shows a year? Uh,
2: I mean, uh, yeah. Look, for mine, I'd probably use it one or two times a year. I wouldn't mind seeing it four or five times a year. But I, I would like to see I would like to be predict, to be unpredictable. That's what I would like for, first and foremost. I'd like to go, oh, they're going to use the Demon now. Or they're going to use the Demon next year or what's it going to be so look SummerSlam probably would be the right time to use it um, he's got to have a big I think it's got to be a big opponent you can't just come into sort of someone thrown into the, the mid card title like I think Bobby Lashley would be the right person to use the demon against Samoa and Joe they've had big battles in NXT so, again the perfect person to use the um, the demon with I think timing wise probably one or two but it's got to be the right opponent and it's got to be unexpected so you can't throw him in to say against uh, you know some sort of mid card like R Truth or someone who is who's previously held the United States title or Rey Mysterio's for the United States title. It's got to be the right opponent. I think someone bigger than him and someone who's got the, the, uh, it's got the advantage over him uh, in previous previous uh, matches like Samoa Joe or like Bobby Lashley, that's the time to use it and not, and not say, okay, we're going we're to use the demon three times and it's going to be here, here and here. Do you know, does that make sense? I think, I think I it's got to uh, be against yeah. the right opponent and it's got to be unexpected. That's that, that's what's so good about the demon. It's unexpected.
0: Yeah, I, I think you agree. It's when he really needs to pull it out, when he needs to overcome all the odds. So well, I don't think, we won't have seen a lot Master the Demon, but as I said, we'll we'll be definitely looking forward to when we see him again. But that brings us to our main event. Winner takes all. Raw and SmackDown Women's champ titles on the line. Ronda Rousey, the World Women's Champion. Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. And Becky Lynch, the Royal Rumble winner. All in the ring at once. And Becky Lynch, what the crowd wanted, the crowd got, took home both titles and now is Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion.
2: This for mine probably was match of the night, and it was the perfect result. Becky Lynch, I have she is my absolute favourite in the women's division. She is that this character, this sort of Deadpool-like anti-hero character. The man character that she's playing at the moment is perfect. She's very good behind the keyboard. She's very good behind the stick, but and then she backs it up with wins and big matches like this. Um, I know we want to talk, you know, a little bit in depth about the finish, but I think the way the whole match was set up, the way the winner so i thought again another multi-women match i would have liked to have seen a one-on-one but i'm fine with this multi-women uh, end to and the unification of the of the women's titles i think it's going to be a good thing and i think if they do run with this mul- this unification and and the champion can can um, can if they if they book it right swap between shows and take on big names on raw and big names on smackdown you know in, and not unify one title to one show and um and, and look, you, so you can go on and take it on and let, you on your Alexa Blisses and your Ronda Rouseys and come back and take on your Carmelas, your Naomi's and your Charlotte Flares um, and that way uh, with this Money in the Bank which is the next pay-per-view, the winner of the Money in the Bank, they don't have to choose, they go bang alright, I'm going straight into a storyline with Becky Lynch even though she's been thrust into this storyline a little bit with um, with Lacey Evans, which I don't mind uh, Lacey Evans, I haven't really seen a lot of her um, recently, she, loves, she likes coming out showing her face and then going back backstage and then she's straight in with Becky Lynch, which I I'd like to see where this is going to go, but the finish, Mizzy, I want to get your thoughts on the finish because it was abrupt, to say the least.
0: Well, it certainly was. Um, by design, I don't know. Um, I think it ends up actually. It, it was out of nowhere. But it, in New York time, it was half past midnight. It was. Hmm. It was a long show. It did seemingly come out of nowhere, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. There is footage around where Ronda Rousey doesn't have her, pin, her doesn't have both her shoulders pinned. You haven't seen that on. on Raw SmackDown in the in the in the in the, in the um, highlights, Fallouts, I mean, yeah, in, in the fallout. So I don't actually think it's the worst thing in the world because it gives Ronda Rousey obviously the the, the rumor is, not well, so I don't think it's a rumor now. She broke her hand in the match. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing. It gives Ronda something strong to come back with. It. Maybe a SummerSlam and mm. have that one-on-one match. I think, and I you alluded to it a bit earlier, Jake. That was what I would have loved to see: just Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch for the for the one title, we didn't there was get no,
2: it. There was, there was no need for Charlotte to be in there, really.
0: No, I think I think it was just that they they see Charlotte as as their big big player. They needed to get her in there as well for the exposure. Fair enough. I wasn't disappointed that she was there, but in the end, that's what I would have preferred to see, but it does leave the door open now for that one-on-one match, and with that finish, it gives the perfect response for Rousey to come back and say, you didn't pin me, I want my title back. So, SummerSlam, something in that regard, and we finally get that one-on-one, but as I said, it was it was Beautifully done. The triple threat does give you the the um, no disqualification as well, which they used well. They put um, they said Charlotte Flair got put in through a table. Um, we, we got to, yeah yeah we got to see a few things like that that we wouldn't have seen normally in a one on one match. So it was it had the build up. It had to be the main event. It it delivered in the end. It will it be one of those memorable WrestleMania matches? Will it be a top ten WrestleMania match? Probably not. But it was the perfect end to the. It was the perfect um, anointment for Becky Lynch to be the woman being the man, Mm. and um, I don't think they could have finished it any better. No,
2: I think... I don't know if it was a little bit of botch from Wanda Rousey, but I I do like where you're going with that. Maybe they chuck her in, and she gets the briefcase of the money in the bank and has that opportunity, but I also like to say, you never beat me, you never pin me, my shoulders are up, blah, 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 going into SummerSlam, which I also would be happy with. Um, And I just... The unification of the women's title, I also can see they take good place, but if they decide to... um, Give one away or take one back after money in the bank. I'm also wouldn't be disappointed to see Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. We didn't see. We saw um, the armbar come in very briefly. We didn't really see that disarmor that Becky Lynch uses. So look, I was overall a very good match. A very quick end. A very abrupt end. And I unexpected. But you know, I, I didn't mind. Look. I was happy with the result, and that's all that matters, I think.
0: I think that's what it is. You got, the, you got that feel-good moment with Becky Lynch holding both titles at the end. Becky's already said that she'll be on both shows. I think that's with her popularity. That's what they want for the moment. Absolutely. I think she deserves they, it. She does. And I think what they do with the, both the titles, they'll worry about that at a later date. Well, if you're listening on 2 Triple H, that's the end <laughs> of the WrestleMania Splinters podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know you have, Jake. Absolutely, I have. But if you're listening on podcast. Or if you're listening on Triple H, go get the podcast version because we're going to do a little bit of overtime. Raw and Smackdown afterwards, the Fallout editions, always have some big talking points. So if, as I said, if you're listening on the podcast versions, keep listening. If you're on Triple H, make sure you uh, go download to hear our versions of the Fallout of those shows. So if you're on Triple H, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you for Splinters next Tuesday. And if you're on the podcast version, here we are. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with that Raw and SmackDown breakdown right after this.
1: It's time to hit the ice this Sunday, the 21st of April. Your Sydney Bears open their home campaign in the Australian Ice Hockey League as they face the visiting CBR Brave in the AIHL Grand Final rematch at the Macquarie Ice Rink. Gates open at 4:30 with puck drop at 5 p.m. Tickets start at just $25 for adults and $12 for kids, with children under five free. Save time and book online at bearsden.com.au or pay at the gate. Sydney Bears. here. Hear Us Raw. Sponsors of Triple H.
0: Welcome back to the podcast exclusive here on Splinters of the Raw and Smackdown after Mania. As said, they're always some of the biggest shows of the year, the fallout from WrestleMania. (laughs) This is where we can see a lot of new things building or just something that we don't normally see. They give the crowds that have been through about four or five days worth of wrestling just a little bit more to keep them going through. Always the hottest
2: crowds on a Monday after WrestleMania.
0: Mate, I've been to a Raw after Mania. I went to Mania 32 and... I can tell you that was a ruckus crowd. It, yeah, that, it would have been. Raw After Mania. They do sort of get into into um, into business for themselves, but I tell you and they love a beach ball, but it, it is certainly uh, something to experience and it was certainly and they wanted to make a statement here on Raw. Straight up we got on Raw, we got Seth Rollins coming out to the ring to celebrate his Universal Championship victory only to be interrupted by Kofi Kingston and the New Day. Yes, we had both the Universal and the WWE champions in the ring at the same time. Yeah, what a hot start
2: to a, a Monday after Mania. and an interesting one, seeing Kofi come out as the sort of leader, you know, the top of the SmackDown brand and the top of the Raw brand, Rollins having, you know, having a little bit of a, a chat and then Kofi, I don't know where they came up with this unification thing, but he did a bit of uh, defancy a match and defancy trying to unify these these uh, these titles and I look like, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it just yet, to be honest with you. um, it's It was weird, to say the least.
0: It was weird, and then with the way that the unification ended up, it ended up happening with the bar coming in and ruining it, basically, and, and getting turned into a tag title match. So it was that bait and switch. It was, yes, we're going to give you this big match. Yes, it started, but then the bar of all people come in and ruin it. So it's just like, well, is it just something for the sake of getting the crowd a buzz and then screwing them over at the end? It was weird booking
2: yeah, it was, and I'd, I'm not 100 sure how I feel about it um, with the with the bar. Yeah, it was a weird weird choice to come and split this up, and again, walking away from a show a little bit disappointed with the, another finish. Um, you know, we're looking, expecting this big match with these two big titles on the line, and then it turned into a just a standard RAW main event, just a big tag team. But, yeah. You know, which is slightly disappointing, but yeah, just strange booking.
0: Well, it was well, I go back to the RAW I was at. They had actually had the main event was a four way for a, a number number one contender slot. They had AJ Styles there. They had a returning Cesaro when he was a face when he was coming mm. back from injury and they had AJ Styles winning to be number one contender. So I do remember that, that left that left the crowd going home happy. It gave them that big pop at the end. Yeah, you got the you got the visual at the end of both champions standing tall in the in the ring with both their championships held high, but in the end I do think it was it was just it, it left it a bit flat if it you ask me. It, it, it did leave it a bit flat, but uh we'll move Move along. We've got the, the first match we did have was Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins defending their newly won Raw Tag Team titles in a rematch against the Revival. The one thing I did notice in this match that uh, we we did see Ryder and Hawkins retain, but Hawkins again, like he did in the WrestleMania pre-show, sort of playing possum. He was he was unconscious in quotation mark, and then gets the victory again with the roll up. Something to watch out. there for, maybe is that going to be something of a storyline going forward that uh, Kurt. He had that many losses in the row that he's gonna he's gonna start using questionable tactics now that he's started winning and maybe it's going to be a storyline there that uh, he'll he'll continue to more use more and more questionable tactics and maybe get a better heat with Ryder.
2: Yeah, and I'm fine with that. Um, to be honest, we're playing a little bit possum. You know, winning via shenanigans is always a way to keep a storyline running on, which I'm I'm fine to see um happen every so often in a different storyline. Maybe they're looking to push Ryder and Hawkins heel and see if they can bring that somewhere. Bring that somewhere and they can take on some different opponents and in the tag title realms which I'm fine with, I'd like to see it maybe they are going to push with this this sort of win by shenanigans, you know, maybe they're going to turn them here like a win their DQ and things like that or count out and really get some heat on them and push them towards what they what they really could have been if they started booking them like this three or four years ago when they really, really, uh, when they came into our tag team they pushed them like, as big heels and I'd like to see them coming because Zach, they're both big workers, they both work hard they have played silly characters but I like I'd like to see them have a big push in that sort of heel uh, persona.
0: Well, I so said they they were edgeheads going right back to ten sort of years ago, even longer mm-hmm. when they first came in, and that's sort of where they rose up to to um, notoriety. And they were in main events. They were tagging with with Edge against like the Undertaker and stuff like that on pay per view or on mm-hmm. on SmackDown shows. So they're. they're proven before that they can do it and be in those main event spots. So, as I said, as a big Zack Ryder fan, I do hope that this goes somewhere and we don't just get a couple of months and then he goes back to being on main event and me having to bit, find those matches somewhere. A <laughs>
2: like yeah, bit like he was with, with Mojo Rawley as well, and that didn't work out too well.
0: No, it didn't. As I said, they they were there as a tag team and then they broke up and they did nothing with them after that. Yeah, we are getting those great uh, Mojo Rawley vignettes, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's Far the fun to under Oh, <laughs> Oh God! What the, I don't know. When you're running them for two months and nothing's come from them, that that tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And the similar thing happened with
2: um, the woman whose name escapes me. Red hair was on SmackDown, then got rid of her, and she was awful. Um,
0: oh, half of them? <laughs>
2: uh, no, yeah. The the redhead. What's her name? Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyways, they had the vignettes playing, all read everything, and then she never never actually fought anyone.
0: Oh, Mandy Rose. Oh no, no. Even Marie. Even Marie. Eva that was Marie. the one. Yeah.
2: Yes. Even Marie. shambles. Oh. I was like, I, I was like, oh, here we go. Maybe they're playing here as a heel, and they're gonna like, they're gonna play out this for a few weeks, and she's gonna finally fight someone. Then she got done for um, vi- violating the um, wellness policy, and then never came back. And it was just all over. And i hate to see that happen to Zach Gordon and Kurt Hawkins because they could be pushed as big heel.
0: I think so. I think there's money in them. I think they'll do something. But I think yeah, there's planting some seeds here. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with them in the coming weeks. Next up, we got Elias, who uh, after having his big WrestleMania concert interrupted by. By the doctor of Thurbanomics he was out here to make sure that his. um his uh, concert on Raw would go uninterrupted, even going as far as saying that whoever interrupted him would be a dead man. Well, guess what? He was interrupted by the dead man, the Undertaker. It was interesting to see Undertaker coming out for this this spot. He was not on WrestleMania the first time since WrestleMania 18. We didn't see the dead man on the
2: big show. And I I wasn't really expecting, there was no rumours that the uh, Undertaker was going to be there. I would have loved to have seen him come out again. Uh, but, uh at WrestleMania but look I'm happy uh, I'm I'm fine that he didn't come out and then he came out the roar after WrestleMania a huge return when that when that gong finally goes off you know it's going to be a big segment and uh, when it when Elias said oh the next person's going in who is going to is going to be will be a dead man I thought no surely not surely not and then you hear the the gong go off and here he comes the dead man and look I think this is going to be a push to whatever their next big Saudi Arabia um show <laughs> is going to be and I think it's going to be Undertaker versus Elias in that and Elias is copying a little bit of the legends at the moment, which, look, I'd love to see. I'm more than happy to see The Undertaker come out and wrestle one more time.
0: Well, that was where I was going as well. I think I, I agree 100%. The, the next big um, Saudi Arabia one, which you usually see, I think it's I think it's the start of May. Mm. That's going to be the big show. And and it's good for Elias. He's been in that sort of upper mid-card slot, hasn't had that many big opponents. And when he has, he's been pretty beaten pretty convincingly. He needs a program with someone like The Undertaker to really make his way up the card and, and to really be one of the major players. So I'll be looking forward to that one um, in the coming weeks. Uh, Next up, we had Baron Corbin coming out, gloating about his victory about Kurt Angle. We did get to see Kurt Angle come out one last time, but he was attacked by the debuting Lars Sullivan. So Lars is an interesting prospect. He was supposed to come up from NXT with EC3 and Nikki Cross and and Alistair Black and Ricochet. There were some backstage issues. We never saw him debut, but uh, he certainly made a bang here coming out and attacking Kurt Angle.
2: Yeah, and I think maybe this is where they're going to go with Baron Corbin taking on Lars Sullivan and a couple of big men going at it, which I which I wouldn't mind seeing and, and seeing Lars come away with the with a program against Baron Corbin, who's sort of in the mid that sort of mid card and everyone's a little bit off him at the moment after retiring um, uh, Kurt Angle. So I'd like to see where this goes, and I'd like to see Lars come Lars Sullivan come out with a few uh, few wins and maybe come away from this this feud if they if they're going to go down that path with Baron Corbin, um, come out maybe on top, which I, which I'd like to see because he deserves the call up and he's. fine only got it, they don't have the WrestleMania.
0: Well, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Another another heel character, which they sort of lack at the moment. As I said, wanting to take out the legends, so it's going to be interesting to see where this Lars Sullivan character goes.
2: Sorry to interrupt you there, but there wasn't that many um, debuts or returns or call-ups to speak of really from from NXT. I mean, as we're about to speak about, the return of Sami Zayn coming back, but no huge sort of uh, debuts,
0: really, that I could sort of remember, apart from Lars. Well, as I said, they've been debuting a lot of guys before WrestleMania. I reckon we'll see one or two come up in the Superstar Shake-Up as well, but as I said, we have a pretty packed roster as it is, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in coming weeks, because as I said, there's only so many guys you can feature even with the brand split, so maybe we'll mm. see some guys go back in back to NXT in the Superstar Shake-Up because as I said, NXT's starting to be its own big brand in its own right. Oh, absolutely, and I wouldn't mind,
2: saying I've done it before, and I wouldn't mind seeing it, um, seeing it again, and even, you know, a couple of guys who are just sort of getting lost in the mid-card could be pushed back, and, and you know, Seeing what Triple H can do with them, um, bringing them into sort of being a big superstar like Drew McIntyre, who returned to WWE NXT and came back, um, came back to the main roster. And I wouldn't mind seeing that again. You know, um, look, well, know, no. and we all, obviously we're all waiting for the day where Triple H takes over from Vince and he's going to be the big dog on WWE because he does does it so much better on NXT.
0: Yeah, well, NXT is a bit. Uh, NXT has those sort of hardcore fans that you can play a bit of a different style to. When you're in the WWE, you're trying to you're trying to please every taskmaster. So. I I think when the day comes, it's it's going to be a different product with Triple H, but unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get quite the NXT, but I'd, I'd be interested to see what does happen in the shake-up. There's a couple of guys like a Heath Slater or maybe a, a Tyler Breeze that they're not really doing much on the main card roster, but as I said, you give them a featured spot in NXT and they could really do something special. Well, um,
2: if, correct me if I'm wrong, Maisie, but I believe Tyler Breeze was an NXT champion, yes? I
0: don't know if he was champion, but he was certainly he was one of the featured players. Players in NXT while he was there, mm. um, he did have a quite a few. He was the sort of go-to guy on the on the takeovers back in the day. He did have some big matches there. So as said, there's already there's already taught that he, he was calling out the Velveteen Dream for the the United uh, the the North American title on NXT. So mm. there's there's certainly some crossover to be done there. But uh, as you did mention as well, we go the return of Sami Zayn coming out to a big pomp taking on the uh, United uh, the, the the Intercontinental. Champion in in um, Finn Balor, great match between the two, particularly Sammy coming off that such a long break. But then once losing the match, cuts a huge heel promo on the on the on the audience and basically making it clear he doesn't care what the WWE Universe says about him and that they're basically what's ruining the product at the moment. So he's gone fully fledged heel here as well,
2: keeping some of because he came off that heel run with Kevin Owens before he um. Before he had time on the shelf. And look, coming out and cut a huge hill promo, I I, like to see where this is going to go because. If WWE keep pushing him as a heel, that could, but he just gets such a big reaction. He's such the perfect, he was such the perfect babyface character when he was um, originally on, when he debuted in the Royal Rumble a few years ago against Kevin Owens. He was that big babyface pop and he played that character very well. And then to keep him heel, I would like to see where it goes. I want to see him play that heel character a little bit more. And he's very, very good with his hero character work. And look, I, I don't mind seeing it. I, obviously, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Sami Zayn fan and I, I always will want him to do well. But him playing that that that, that heel character, I want to We'll see where what this where what this this takes him.
0: I, I I agree. As I said I think I think with baby faces at the moment they're fairly short up on those at the moment. Mm. They need someone on his sort of level that that's playing a heel. And when fans care about you, it, it's more meaningful to be a heel. So as I said, when you are a fan of Sami Zayn, and there are a lot of fans, including myself, of his ring work, when he does in that heel character, it makes you sort of more invested in in him being the bad guy. So it'd be I, like you. I'd be interesting to see what they do with it going forward but I reckon there's a good little program set up with that in coming up from him in the superstar shakeup. Uh, next up Alexa Bliss challenged Bailey or Sasha blanks on Twitter after their tag title loss basically calling them out on on such a quick loss. But the goddess the, the host Miss Bliss wins fairly convincingly over Bailey in their match. Alexa's first match since the Royal Rumble she was out with concussion um, symptoms and and, I think she was cleared but they kept her away from the ring not really having much creatively for her but after such a big win like that over Bailey, perhaps building up Alexa Bliss to be that big heel challenger for Becky Lynch at some point perhaps taking out money in the bank and then being that heel challenger that that, um, Becky Lynch needs after Lacey Evans. Yeah absolutely she's
2: such a good heel Alexa Bliss and she works that character very very well and 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 uh, look, Bailey eating another pinfall. You know, after having won at Mania, then again on the, the Raw. After look, I can see why people get frustrated because she's such a big character. She works it very well, and she's such a good worker in the ring. And then she's eating a couple of, couple of pinfalls. Uh you know, I'd rather have seen Sasha Banks. Although there are plenty of rumours about Sasha going around that she's reportedly already asked to go. That's what yeah, I heard. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't
0: happy. I've heard those two not happy with the loss. They wanted a long run to establish the tag titles. Now wanting out. So that'll, that's another. Interesting story to see where that goes as well. Lots of interesting stuff coming out after Mania. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, look,
2: Alexa needed the win coming off a long stay against Bailey. Probably not the right call for mine. Um, I like. I would like to see Bailey back in that world title. You know, the women's championship uh, scene. She's such a good worker and she's so over with the crowd. I'd like to see her back up there. But obviously, uh, Bliss needed the win and she got it against Bailey very pretty convincingly.
0: Well, well, we'll sort of move move between Raw and SmackDown now, and we saw this happen on both shows with um, Becky Lynch obviously coming out celebrating her title win being interrupted both times by Lacey L. Evans we mentioned this during the Wrestlemania part of the show looks like she'll be the first challenger here for Becky Lynch we've not seen a lot of Lacey Evans only really heard just her interruptions she'll walk down to the ring and walk back she's got an interesting background being a a marine being a a drill sergeant she's got the pedigree she's got the look but we've not really seen her in the ring is she going to be able to go with the man?
2: It's hard to say because I've not really I've not really seen much of it. Lacey Evans. I like the character. I like the way she plays it. Um, she's playing that sort of nineteen fifties sort of the Southern Belle Marine. Um, I've been in the army type character, which we've seen uh, you know in sort of the Attitude Era type character. Which I, look I like. I'd like to see where this goes. I like to see how Lacey's gonna gonna match up against the man and how long this sort of feud goes for. I think Becky's gonna take the titles away from Lacey Evans, but to get a big star like that, maybe she could push to. Towards so maybe Lacey Evans could push towards a you know a big title run maybe coming up to Summer Slam maybe they'll throw her into the Money in the Bank arena and she could get the briefcase as well so she's another big heel that could come out and work with because you know they're lacking sort of a little bit that big heel in the women's division especially on Raw obviously Alexa Bliss coming back makes a huge difference but the heels Nia Jax Tamina they're not really huge you know big mainstays in the sort of uh, title picture so if Lacey Evans can get a good start against Becky Lynch and be a big heel in that main stage in that title I'd. Like to see it, but we we can't really predict much without seeing much of it.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Her first big match will be the will be the teller there, and, and I think it will be against Becky Lynch. So that's going to be an interesting one there. We'll move along to SmackDown now, and uh, I said that we started off on SmackDown with the big New Day celebration for Kofi. It gets interrupted again by the Bar, but it sets up for the six man main event. But Drew McIntyre coming out to to join the Bar for their three man. Team. An interesting one there with Drew McIntyre coming across from Raw to SmackDown.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know what they, where they're going to go with Drew because throwing him into that sort of scene with the bar, again the bar, now they're coming out and rooting um, we've seen the bar versus the New Day a little bit when they're in their tag team realms and look, I, I can see why they've gone out this time. It was weird on Monday Night Raw but this time I can see why they've done that. Drew McIntyre where's he going to go with the Superstar Shake-Up? Where's he going to be thrown into? What, I, what? I'd hate to see him push down to the mid-card. I want to see him up at the top of the card. So it was a strange one for mine, but, you know, a classic sort of SmackDown big main event with a six-man tag.
0: It certainly was. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Drew McIntyre. He may be one of the ones that are, that are uh, affected by that superstar shake-up. We had Shane McMahon come out gloating about his victory over The Miz. They, they continued the gimmick with Gre- with uh, ring announcer Greg Hamilton continually announcing him as best in the world and saying that it wasn't good enough and, and doing it again. But just keep playing on that heel turn from Shane. It's a bit interesting because I said it, it didn't really seem to go anywhere on this show. It was just playing up that best in the world for Shane. Where do you think they're going to go with this? Is it going to be a continuation with the feud with The Miz or could it be someone else?
2: I think it has to continue with The Miz for mine. I think it has to. I, I think um, if you want to keep uh, Miz as a baby face, he has to come out and get a big win over Shane. Whether that, wh- I don't think, I know I, anyway, I said this in the WrestleMania part of the, of the, the podcast, but um, I think The Miz does need a big win over Shane. And, but whether that feud ends there, I'm not sure. Maybe this could push all the way maybe to SummerSlam and they keep referencing it every over the few coming few weeks of of, uh, of Smackdown. But I'd like to see this continue. It was a very, very good feud. Both are very good workers. Both the is obviously very, very good on the mic and he can really work this feud and carry sort of Shane through those bigger matches. And look, I think it definitely has to continue. This this heel character, this best in the world heel character that Shane McMahon's playing versus this sort of almost underdog. I'm you know, I've got a family and I protect my family, Mizzy obviously they got the show with his uh with his wife, um, um, Miz and Misses, which is coming out shortly, so maybe they're trying to keep him in the picture for that, make him look like that baby face while that's coming out. We you know, see how much that, that comes into play with um, the Diva show, uh, Total Divas. Um, see how much that plays on, on, on SmackDown and Raw. So I'd like to see this continue for the Miz and gets a big win, maybe in a big pay-per-view. I
0: always do like the best in the world. Maybe a little dig at CM Punk, I don't know, but uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see where they go with well, that. The
2: CM Punk chants were
0: loud and proud in SmackDown, but uh, Shane, pretty... He did well to knock him off pretty quickly. He certainly did. Um, next up, the Iconics defended their new titles basically against two jobbers, the what the Brooklyn Bells or something like that. I'm, I'm, I can't even remember what they were called. Yeah, them, the Brooklyn
2: Bells, I think it was
0: just a couple of hometown hometown yeah, heroes. Hometown heroes that uh, yeah get, got squashed pretty quickly. But the storyline coming out of this is the returning page coming out and saying that she's bringing a new tag team to Smackdown to take on the Iconics. Who could it be? I oh. I genuinely have no idea like I really couldn't and how good
2: is that? I, I, that's the best part, I think. I, I think this is the best part that we don't know who is going to be. It could be anyone. Amber Moon and Kai Hussein. Uh, I think they're the favourites up there. I think they could be up there coming up from NXT. Some of NXT. I'm not really sure who else could it, it could be. Maybe a, a returning tag team. I, I don't know. And I think that's a very. I think it's a good thing. Paige will be managing them. So I would like to see where this goes. I. This actually makes me look forward to a, to Tuesday night when when we find out who's going to who's going to show up and take on the Iconics.
0: Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see what. Uh, page can come up with. Obviously, there is a rumor the Sky Pirates from NXT will be the one. They, they sort of even had a little farewell at the last NXT taping, so... It'll be interesting to see. If it is them, then the Iconics are going to be in for a beating. But as I said, it's great to see some excitement, some unknown coming through, which is what we... With with everything that happens at the moment, we, we sort of lack a little bit of that. So we'll be tuning in next week to make sure... We'll, we'll be tuning in tonight to be seeing what's going on. Yes.
2: Um, I, I just want... On um, this, I I... I, I... Obviously, going into SmackDown, um, I well, we want to see someone, obviously, new come in. But I also, having said that, want to see the Iconics go with a decent title run. I don't want them to lose it over the next two weeks and then just push back into the, the mid-card. I want to see them hold it for a good few months, maybe up until SummerSlam, maybe even push it all the way to sort of, uh, I'm not sure, I don't, I don't know where they're going to go with all these new pay-per-views, but maybe towards sort of towards the end, maybe even pushing it up to Royal Rumble and holding it until then even. I'm, I'd be happy to see them hold it until even towards the end of this
0: Year. Yeah, well, it would be interesting to see what they do. As said, that's the sort of the trouble we had with Bailey and Sasha Banks. They wanted to be long-term champions to really establish the, the titles. Maybe it's going to be the Iconics that do that. Last but well, it's got to not... be someone, I think. Yeah, it's got to be someone. Someone needs to hold them for a while. They can't just, yeah, they can't just bounce around, or otherwise they, they won't be taken seriously. Uh, last but not least, we have um, R-Truth and Carmella coming out. They were celebrating her Battle Royal win with uh, the seven-second dance it's, Break. Um, so Samoa Joe, the U.S. champion, comes out and interrupts there and beats up r truth very quickly. Go- has a big gloat about his victory about over Rey Mysterio from two nights before. Does claim that he'll plead his next challenger even quicker than that. That brings out Raw's Braun Strowman, leading to the brawl. A good segment here because, they said, you're not really expecting someone like that to come out. Maybe teasing that Raw shake-up a bit more. Perhaps we could see Samoa. Joe move across to Raw um, to take on Braun Strowman. That would be certainly a matchup for the ages. Oh absolutely, and I'd like to see how they book that.
2: Braun and Joe both looking very strong after big showings at Mania, and obviously they're crowd favourites, both Braun and, and, and Joe. So I would like to see it and teasing a bit of a uh, bit of the superstar shake up, who could you never know who's gonna turn up where and things like that. Braun coming out, a little bit of a swerve almost from from WWE going, Oh, we're gonna chuck a raw man out there, right? Teasing the superstar shake up, really. I mean, thinking, okay, here we go, it's gonna happen and he's gonna show we don't really know who's gonna show up where. So yeah, as you said, a very, very good segment. Good way to finish um good way to finish a huge mania weekend um of, of wrestling and really setting up the superstar shake up next week. Yeah or just uh, even, the we, following week.
0: Yeah, just before we go one prediction for the superstar shake-up for us.
2: One prediction. Oh, I I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see Broad go to SmackDown. To be honest with you, Ooh. um, I know it's a huge call and he's he's the right person to be on Raw. But if he goes to SmackDown, you know, he could really hold that brand up and make the and make SmackDown be that big uh a big brand like it used to be in the early two thousands when they had The Rock and they had The Undertaker and Batista were carrying that. Then they had Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and things like that holding up. Raw, so I think Raw's got enough superstars. I think you could have Rollins, um, uh, Rain and the Hardy Boys and guys like that. that can hold up Raw. Then you got Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe can hold up SmackDown. I think it'd be, I think it'd be really cool to see if he does go to SmackDown. But I don't, I, I don't think they will logically. But it'd be really cool to see.
0: No, I, I think we'll see that feud on Raw. I think we'll, I have two predictions. I think we'll see both the US and IC title change. So we'll see Finn mm. Balor on SmackDown. We'll see Samoa Joe on Raw. Um, and with the big move to Fox coming up in October... I reckon the big change will be Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns will move to SmackDown.
2: Of course, yes, they are going to um, Fox. I did forget about that, and it was mentioned um, the other day. Yes, correct, mm-hmm. the, the big move to Fox. I've got to bring someone big over. And Roman Reigns, I think that's a good call. I think he... Well, it gets him away from...
0: Yeah, and it gets him away from Rawlins as well, as I said, with Dean Ambrose leaving and, mm. and everything like that. It just lets Rawlins be his own man on the top of Raw, and then Roman Reigns can be on SmackDown, and he'll be there as one of the mainstays when they move across to Fox, so as I said, we'll be tuned in, it'll be it'll be another great piece of uh, entertainment hopefully we'll get a few surprises I'm sure we will, but I think, I think that's call fine. Too. All right, Yeah, we'll get some call-ups we'll get some surprises from NXT hopefully we'll see some people going down to make NXT even better, but uh, mm. again, it'll just keep us tuning in, but I think after that long, I think we've finally come to the end of our big WrestleMania review special, Jake it's been an absolute pleasure to be on here, and I do think you need to go find Keith and uh, hit him up about how you lost the hosting gig so uh, close to making it debut.
2: I've lost it twice to you, had The rugby one booked in too, but logistically, it didn't come together and you took my spot. Well, yeah, hey, well now you've taken my happened. spot on the Mania podcast.
0: Hey, well, I, I apologize for this one. I will say that the Lord Mayor finally his light on this one, but hey, I had to do a podcast with Shane. That was interesting with Shane as the host, so I think, uh, I, I, yes. think I took one for the team there but um, I'm sure there's some big ones coming up mate that will get you on and I'm sure that you'll get your hosting chance sooner rather than later
2: wrong way for it Keith it's up to you now mate here we go but no obviously it was was almost a Wrestlemania length podcast this one with the extras that we got in there talking um, fallout but me as you it's been a pleasure mate it's been uh, very enjoyable and very good to talk to you
0: mate it's been an absolute pleasure with you Jake that is the end of our Splinters Wrestlemania edition extra long Wrestlemania sized as Jake said we'll be back next week another huge podcast you can listen to us on 2 Triple H 100.1 FM 8 o'clock Tuesdays or you can find us wherever good podcasts are, fo- are found podcast.com um we're on tune in spotify and itunes as well you'll see our great new logo there jake looks great in his forest rugby uh, <laughs> cartoon uniform we'll get you that t-shirt very very shortly jake but um for now this has been splinters we'll see you next week